Hello and welcome to another episode of Addiction Audio, the podcast from the journal Addiction. I'm joined here today with Jani Lung, a National Health and Medical Research Council Emerging Leadership Fellow at the University of Queensland, to talk about her and her co-author's paper titled The Implementation and Public Health Impacts of Cannabis Legalisation in Canada, a Systematic Review. Welcome to the podcast, Jani. Thanks very much Uh, for the invitation. Great. So your systematic review provides a narrative summary of the research on changes in cannabis arrests, cannabis products and prices, patterns of cannabis use, including frequency of use and routes of administration, driving after cannabis use and cannabis related harms, including emergency department visits and poisoning since medical and non-medical cannabis legalization. Now, as a little context, Canada legalised non-medical cannabis in October 2018, the second country to do so, and had a legal medical cannabis market since 2001. Jani and her co-authors looked at the literature on the impacts of cannabis legalisation up to August 2022, almost four years after legalisation. So Jenny, could you start off by telling us what the take-home messages from this paper uh, were that you found? Yes, yes. Thanks. Thank you so much for the invitation. Very happy to be here doing the podcast with Addiction. And thanks so much for the great summary, El. Yeah. So mm-hmm. in reply to your question about the take-home messages from this paper, we find that after cannabis legalization in Canada, there have been significant reductions in cannabis-related arrests. This means that less of police time and efforts have been spent on arresting people for cannabis use and that individuals were no longer being criminalized for processing or using cannabis. But another key message, take home message from public health perspective was that after cannabis legalization, prices of cannabis products had a marked decrease. So this made them more accessible. So this means that Canadians have been able to buy more cannabis products at lower prices after legalization. This includes larger selection of different products, such as edibles and drinks, various concentrated products, and including more potent pre-rolled joints. Fantastic. Thank you. And why do you think that this is an important topic to conduct a systematic review on? Well, I think that it's a very important topic to conduct a systematic review on the impacts of cannabis legalization because it is five years since cannabis was legalized in Canada and its impacts are debated. It is a complex and evolving issue with significant local, legal and health implications. So by conducting a systematic review, that means we gathered all and analyze all the existing research on the topic so that we could systematically analyze and evaluate all the scientific research conducted. So this way we can provide a comprehensive understanding of what has been happening after cannabis legalization. So by having these unbiased findings from this systematic review on the impacts of cannabis legalization, Policymakers, researchers, and the public can refer to this summary to make informed decisions based on a comprehensive understanding of all the research evidence that we gathered. Fantastic. Yeah, and you're right. It's a very important uh, topic to be covering because all eyes seem to be on Canada for this. Um, So for your systematic review, what studies were you looking to include in this review? 
Oh, yes, thanks for that. So we look for studies in the public health field to include in this review about the impacts of cannabis legalization in Canada. And we decided on what studies to include based on the PECO or PICO framework, which is the gold standard approach in formulating research questions in the health science field. So based on it, we include studies that were conducted for the population. It's for um, general Canadian population studies. We included studies that examine the impacts of cannabis legalization as the exposure and compare the impacts from before legalization. And for the outcome, we included study that reported quantitative data on any public health related outcomes. Fantastic. Thank you. And so if I'm remembering correctly, the studies included in your review mostly covered data up to 2020, only two years after legalization and only one year after non-flower products entered the market. So in Canada, uh, from 2018, we had dried flour and some cannabis oils. And then December 19, we had all of the non-flower products entering the market early 2020. Do you think then that a systematic review on the impacts of legalization should be something that the academic world should frequently repeat as the markets age? Yes, I think that would be a great idea because, as you mentioned, that the data covered are mostly up to 2020. And yes, and because this is a systematic review paper, that means we rely on data that has been already been published. So one of the limitations of a systematic review is that the data is often dated because it takes time for original studies to be published. It takes time to clean, analyze data and write up studies for publications. So there's often a lag between what's happened or in the population when the data has been collected and then when the data has been written up and been peer reviewed scientifically and published so that the information becomes available to others. So yeah, in answer to your question, yes, definitely I agree that the monitoring and review should be ongoing and repeated so that more updated information can be made available to everyone. Absolutely. So you looked at um, different outcomes of legalization in Canada. So for instance, cannabis arrest rates. Um, could you talk us through what seems to be the most, uh, let's say, successful or less successful outcomes that you found since legalization? Oh, yes, yes, sure. So this would be a long one. Um, mm. In our systematic review, we include a lot of outcomes. So um, in general, we have four main findings that are related to this. The first one is that we find that after Canada legalized cannabis use, cannabis-related arrest rates had reduced, as mentioned previously. So this was one of the goals of the Cannabis Act. So we can say that cannabis legalization has successfully reduced cannabis-related arrest. The second thing we observed in Canada after cannabis legalization was that more adults have reported that they accessed cannabis through legal sources. So that provided a more diverse range of products from the legal sources. So this was also a goal of Canada's legalization. So the Cannabis Act has also been successful in increasing legal sales and access. The third point I want to mention is about driving under the influence. 
So many people are interested in the impacts of drug driving if cannabis were legalized. In our systematic review for traffic-related injuries in Canada, we found mixed evidence so far. There were some studies showing no changes, some showing that an increase, and some show decreases in traffic-related injuries after cannabis legalization. So some studies found that there were fewer people self-reporting that they were driving under the influence of cannabis, which would imply less drug driving after legalization. But there was another study of traffic accident data in British Columbia that found that more drivers had driven with high THC detected in their blood since legalization. So that's about driving. And then the final point is that our fourth main finding related to the question was around emergency and hospital presentations. So Canadian studies have reported that after cannabis legalization, emergency presentations to hospital for cannabis-related reasons have increased in young adults. And the increase in cannabis-related presentations were observed after the commercialization of cannabis retail sales um, that you mentioned before, Elle. So the presentations were um, mainly for hypermesis, psychosis, and symptoms of cannabis use disorder or addiction. Studies have also found an increase in the number of children presenting for accidental consumption, which the increase was happening after edible cannabis products were allowed to be sold from 2019. So in summary, but we want to note that it is difficult to definitely conclude if legalization has successfully protected the public from cannabis-related harms, because a lot of the measures and data, um, including traffic accidents, hospital emergency presentations, those could also be influenced by whether people have increased testing and recording for cannabis-related events since after legalizations happened. That's a really good point. Yeah, I would assume that it's something that people on police driving or those in hospitals is something that they're also looking out for because of cannabis legalization. Um, so that's really important point about whether it's just increased testing rather than an increase in uh, driving or hospitalizations. So I was wondering, what did you learn that came out of the review that surprised you or you found just just generally interesting? Oh, okay, yeah, for surprising. I guess one finding that surprised me from the systematic review, um, which now in hindsight might not be too surprising, but at the <laughs> time was that was the increase in pediatric presentations. So that's the children presenting with accidental cannabis poisoning after cannabis legalization. So because I was surprised because the policy for cannabis use um, for legalizing it is for adult use. So before thinking too much about it and doing the systematic review, I hadn't considered that it might affect very young children who were unlikely to use cannabis themselves. So in hindsight, it does make sense because after full cannabis legalization, yeah, from 2019, as you mentioned um, just now, L, edibles and extracts were allowed to be sold, and there were increases in the variety and marketing of the edible products. 
So people can have cannabis drinks, desserts, and candies, which might be bright colors and um, interesting packaging. That don't, that those packaging are not too different from regular confectionery products and snacks. So if these products are in the home, children may find a way to consume them. No, absolutely, and I think that's um, one of the differences that separates. Um, Canada from some of the legal markets in the US in the fact that Canada has uh, almost plain packaging-ish in the fact that it can't be like in the US such as like you, like you mentioned with the really bright packaging and making it so similar so I believe uh, they can have the brand name and just one singular colour in Canada um, but the chocolate could still be shaped like a chocolate it just won't have the same um, advertising on it so there is that um, difference I guess in marketing uh, that it has to be restrictive as well as um, childproof packaging um, but like you said once opened chocolate looks like chocolate um, <laughs> so in your review, you also focus on arrests, price and products, patterns of cannabis use, driving after cannabis use and emergency department visits. So like you said, a lot of outcomes. But do you think that we are missing any key outcomes of legalisation that you didn't include in the literature? That what, Sorry, that wasn't included in the literature? Yes, yes, I think there would be because we took a public health approach in our systematic review and we included topics that were covered by existing literature. So as we rely on published evidence, there are more potential important outcomes of legalization that are currently not in the literature. Um, the most obvious topic of public health concern that warrants further exploration is the longer term effects of cannabis legalization. As cannabis use becomes more accessible and more updated data becomes available, it would be important to examine its longer term impacts on the population levels of mental health and social outcomes as well as those that we analyzed. Another need is for better data on whether cannabis legalization has increased or decreased the use of other substances, including alcohol and other drugs, which has public health implications. No, absolutely. There's really in, uh, important points, like you said, with their mental health and social outcomes and the different uh, products, because I think that's, uh, well, what people would imagine. Does it um, complement or does it substitute, for example, alcohol? Um, great. So you conclude the review by discussing future priorities for evaluating legalisation. Could you share with us what these are and why you think they're important? Yes, thanks for asking. So very happy to share this. So we think for future evaluations of the public health impacts of cannabis legalization, one priority should be good monitoring of trends in the cannabis use and frequency, uh, including potency, and also especially in youth or young people. So cannabis was legalized for adult use but it might still impact use in minors, for example, high school students. This is important because cannabis might have different impacts on younger brains that are still developing and adverse social and academic outcomes in young people can have a lifelong impact. So in these monitoring efforts, 
it is important to use standardized methods for assessing cannabis use and related outcomes so that outcomes can be compared before and after in the evaluation. Another point um, would be that future research should prioritize longitudinal studies with large representative samples. So um, here we are talking about studies on a large number of people in the population and following them to examine the potential longer term impacts. So these studies would provide new information on the patterns of cannabis use across the lifespan and how these might impact people's health and social outcomes. So these longer term studies are needed to understand the potential effects that could arise from prolonged cannabis use. They could also provide data on conditions that might take a longer time to develop to, and show up, such as potential impacts on mental health in the longer term. As the legal cannabis industry continues to grow, it is also important for public health researchers to monitor industry activities to ensure public health oriented cannabis regulation. So in summary, future research in cannabis policy should focus on better monitoring of cannabis use trends, um, accessing the health outcomes, and monitoring the industry activities. We think that these future priorities will contribute to a better understanding of the public health implications of cannabis legalization and inform evidence-based policy and interventions. Great, thank you. Those are really important points. And I'm thinking about the monitoring industry activities, because depending whether you have a government-run model or a, a public model versus um, a private, uh, public health goals tend to clash with for-profit models. So it's, it's really important to make sure that there's a robust, I guess, regulation in there for public health implications, if that is the priority of cannabis legalisation. Um, so on that thought, do you think that there are lessons here for other legalisations looking to legalise? Oh, sorry, for other jurisdictions looking to legalise? There we go. Yes, yes, um, we hope so. So many countries, nations and jurisdictions, as everyone would be aware of around the world, are changing or talking about or considering changes in their policies around cannabis use. So we hope that our research findings would be used to inform those decisions and policies. In changing cannabis-related policy, we want to note that it is very important to understand and consider the potential consequences and outcomes that might arise. It is important to have policies in place that protect the public health of the population to prevent any unintended negative consequences. So policy makers in different jurisdictions thinking about this, can look at what has happened in place that have legalized cannabis, um, for example, Canada and the US and differences, and learn from both the potential positive and negative consequences that could arise. They can take into account factors such as changes in arrest, um, access to different cannabis products, patterns of use among different age groups, and the occurrence of adverse events. It is also important to have research infrastructure in place in advance as part of the planning process because we need to plan how to measure and monitor potential public health outcomes of cannabis legalization so that this data collection and monitoring systems 
are needed to be in place before and after the changes so that we can evaluate the impacts of cannabis legalization. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think what's um, uh, interesting about Canada as well is that even though it was legalized at that federal level, we've got almost 13 different markets within Canada because the um, retail structure is based on the provincial and territorial level, which means that there are differences across those provinces, such as uh, Ontario, one of the most populated provinces, um, has a different retail structure to the second most populated province, Quebec. So we have a private and a hybrid model, so public and private in Ontario versus the uh, full public model in Quebec. So there are even lessons from different provinces within Canada that um, other jurisdictions can uh, learn from. Um, great, so thank you. So there are different objectives of legalization as you've um, spoken about earlier, such as that public health focus or potentially that criminal justice focus, such as with the arrests, reducing the illegal market or social equity. Do you see any conflict in the literature? So, for example, having a successful public health outcomes, such as protecting youth, uh, but having a substantial illegal market and not moving people over to the legal market yet? Oh, yeah, sure. There are different angles for um, the impacts of cannabis legalization of those that you mentioned, Al. Um, but in our systematic review, we only looked at the public health side. We took the public health approach because we are public health epidemiologists, the authors, um, but we do recognize the need to take a more holistic approach to examine the overall impacts on society. So, for example, there have been questions about if there would be social equity issues surrounding cannabis legalization, such as if the benefits and risks are equal across different social groups. In our review, we did not find comprehensive evidence of changes following cannabis legalization between different social groups. Um, so I would recommend future research and look for collaboration opportunities as well to examine this in future research. Yes, this is a really good point. And I think that um, Canada did have that public health focus on its objectives, but it's still, like you said, really important to take that holistic approach and uh, see what other factors um, have been impacted. OK, so I think we'll round up here and have our final question. So it's more of a broad question, but potentially um, bringing on some of the factors that we've spoken about earlier. But if governments are looking to Canada to see what has and hasn't worked, so similar with the what you found in your outcomes, that there were increases in some outcomes, decreases in others, in the first few years of legalisation, what are the takeaways for those governments? Okay, yeah, so some takeaways. If governments are considering cannabis legalization, we based on the findings, um, it is crucial to have careful pre-planning and policies in place that protect public health and safety. Um, we need to prevent use by children and adolescents, even though the policy change applies to adults, it might affect children and adolescents. So take away from the Canadian experience for that Cannabis legalization has successfully reduced cannabis arrests and the burden and resource spent on criminal justice system related to cannabis use. So these gains could be redirected to healthcare costs for individuals experiencing negative health or mental health outcomes due to cannabis use. Um, in Canada, after cannabis legalization, the price reduction 
and increased product availabilities demonstrated the potential for legal markets to address the demand for cannabis use. And so maybe successful in reducing reliance on illegal sources or the black market. So um, the takeaway is that this shift could promote safer consumption practices because more consumers will be using quality control products that are monitored and regulated. And lastly, we want to mention that governments considering cannabis legalization should closely monitor health outcomes and implement appropriate public health measures to address potential harms associated with cannabis use. So this includes having research pre-planned that could be effectively measuring the before and after impacts of cannabis legalization. It is important to have plans in place to protect public health and prevent both acute and longer term adverse effects on cannabis, on adults and children as well. Okay, that's great. Thank you so much. Those are all my questions. Um, thank you for coming to the show, Jani, and thank you for your input. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Elle, for the invitation and having me here. And it was a pleasure doing this with you.